Wake up, America. It's Morning Air with John Morales. Si, senor. Sarah Tafoya. Hey, that's my mom. And Glenn Leverins. Bringing the light of Christ to start your day. This is Morning Air. On Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Monday, January 15th. Good morning and welcome to a brand new hour of Morning Air on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, national holiday here in the U.S. I'm John Morales along with Glenn Leverins and student producer Sarah Tafoya. Thanks so much for joining us across America and beyond. Wherever you may be listening to us uh, this morning here on Relevant Radio and the new and improved Relevant Radio app. This is a big week for the pro-life movement, culminating with the National March for Life in Washington, D.C. this Friday. Join pro-lifers by signing up to pray and fast in solidarity with the marchers at relevantradio.com slash fast and receive our free downloadable booklet. It's called The Choice is Love to help you answer the most pressing questions uh, facing the abortion debate with compassion and with church-grounded teachings. Join us this Friday for hashtag fast for life. Uh, you can sign up this morning at relevantradio.com slash fast. Now, tonight, uh, the Republican Iowa caucuses are kicking off the presidential nominating process in more than 1,700 locations with uh, voters having uh, to brave frigid, uh, bone-chilling cold temperatures uh, that are expected to be around uh, 17 below with wind chills in excess of 30 below. So that is uh, a big, big deal there uh, for the caucuses uh, tonight. I want to bring in Glenn and Sarah. Glenn, uh, let's talk uh, about uh, the big story here uh, this morning. Uh, Obviously, all eyes on Iowa, of course, making headlines here this hour on this Monday. Leading candidates busy over the weekend getting the word out. This is what it sounded like. I don't think Nikki's strong enough to be president. I know her very well. I know her better than anybody. One of the reasons I gave her that job is I wanted Henry McMaster to be governor. He was lieutenant governor. He's fantastic. And she did okay. She was okay, but she's not strong enough to be president. Bring it. Bring it. I want him on a debate stage. I've said that over and over again. If he wants to put me in a barrel, then put me in a barrel on a debate stage because that's where we want to see him. I mean, they're being so sweet. They're giving me so much attention. I appreciate that, but it's because they see what we're seeing. They can throw a blizzard at us and we are going to fight. They can throw media narratives at us and we are going to fight. They can throw fake polls at us and we are going to fight. We are going to fight because we are going to turn this country around. And Glenn, uh, Ron DeSantis, who you heard there, uh, he is not convinced uh, that these polls are accurate in determining what's going to happen in the Iowa caucuses. Well, we found in 2016 when President Trump uh, won his first term, that surprised all the pollsters out there. So we do take some of those with a bit of a grain of salt. One of the most respected polls, though, the Iowa poll put out by the Des Moines Register and NBC on Saturday night had President Trump with uh, 48% support across the state, followed by uh, Nikki Haley at 20, Ron DeSantis at 16. Uh, the race for second will be closely watched. DeSantis seems by uh, pundits to, to need a second-place finish to, to keep going as he's uh, trailing in third by a bit uh, after uh, Mr. Trump and, uh, and Ms. Haley in New Hampshire, who votes next week on Tuesday. Also, the cold, a challenge uh, for Midwesterners. I mean, as a kid, if it got to be 22 below, then we could 
stay home from school, but otherwise you would bundle up. And as someone who didn't walk barefoot uphill in the snow to school, I did walk across a frozen lake to get to school, and that was even in the city. And so, uh, you know, I think the Iowa folks, uh, people tend to get out no matter what the weather, if it's something they really want to do. I mean, any any weekend when there's bad weather, there's plenty of kids running around uh, that probably shouldn't be out there on the road. But uh, people people tend to get out and do what they really want to do. It'll be a little tough in some of the rural areas in Iowa, but uh, I, I think we'll still have a, a, an important and decent turnout. You know, any poll place that wants people to show up has hot chocolate and babysitting. Uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of people out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I'll, I'll vote more than once. How long can I uh, squeeze this out? I to get that free babysitting. Spoken like a true uh, Illinois let, resident there. Let's make sure that, you know, we've got to accommodate these people. Come on, get people excited about it. That's a reason to leave the house if you get a little reprieve. So, hey, come on, let's get out there and, and represent, uh, you know, who you think. This is what it's about. It's about you making the choice. Who do you think would be best fit for our country? So, hey, let's see what they find out when uh, tomorrow. Well, the the weather will definitely uh, be a big factor. Uh, Glenn, you know how cold it was yesterday. Um, I was trying to scrape the ice off my windshield, uh, and uh, my scraper literally cracked in half. That's how cold it was. Oh, that is cold. That is cold. But the advice of a former morning show partner was to use a, a cassette case. Back in the day when we'd have cassettes in our cars, uh, that's a good backup scraper in case oh you my want goodness. to uh, <laughs> use one of those. And nobody has those anymore. Well, you know, you might have to scrape a Goodwill to find one of those out. But, you know, it, it's, I don't think that would work for my kids. Their uh, shovel broke. It was too not the right kind of plastic for zero-degree weather, I guess. So I, I don't think that you could use a cassette case for that. We'd have to find another <laughs> instrument. But they did do some science experiments. They did uh, have a little uh, balloon, like a regular balloon that you would have you filled with water, and they threw that out there to see how long before it uh, shriveled up. And, you know, there wasn't a a correct timing on that because we went inside to uh, get some hot chocolate. So we lost track of it, but I, I think it popped at one point. So, you know, keep up with the science in the cold weather. When my scraper uh, broke, I immediately thought of Patrick Mahomes' helmet. Uh, his helmet, he got hit, and it cracked at a big chunk, almost three inches big, just fell right off, and uh, they had to get him a new helmet. And uh, that's how cold it was uh, in the Kansas City Chiefs game where, with the, the poor Dolphins, who are from a warm-weather country down in South Florida. So uh, it's, it's really uh, cold. Meanwhile, uh, it wasn't cold uh, indoors uh, yesterday for the— the NFL uh, playoffs, the Detroit uh, Lions clinched their first playoff win since 1991 with a 24-23 uh, win over the Los Angeles Rams in the NFC wildcard round at Forbes Field as heard on the Lions radio network. Shotgun snap, Goff back, Goff looks, Goff pumps, now throws, end zone, yes. caught, touchdown Detroit Lions, Sam Laporta. He's back, he's playing, and he's in the end zone. Detroit, oh stand oh up. You've waited for this. <laughs> this game is over. Oh, the Detroit Lions have won it. Celebrate, boys. Celebrate. What a night. You know, if only that guy could have been more exciting. That was such a boring call. You know, just a little more energy next time. And then I think that they would have responded better. <laughs> Man, what a big win for them. It is a big win. I, I lived eight years in my uh, Detroit day, so I can uh, feel uh, the joy for uh, the Motor City and uh, for the fans of the Honolulu Blue and Silver. Jared Goff uh, completed 21 of 27 passes for 277 yards and a touchdown against his former team.
Meanwhile, the Green Bay Packers are moving on to the divisional round in the NFC playoffs. Uh, Green Bay went up 27-0 midway through the second quarter, and they never looked back in a 48-32 victory as heard on the Packers radio network. Jones alone sent back. Give it to Aaron Jones. Picks his way up the middle. Touchdown! End zone. Touchdown! Aaron Jones doing it again to the Cowboys. Give to fake Aaron Jones. Love bootlegs right. Throws it back against the grain of the end zone. Touchdown! You got to be kidding me. It is Romeo Dobbs. A sidearm throw into the end zone. Rolling to his right by Jordan Love in traffic. And the Packers are piling it on the Cowboys. It's 47-16. Dave Durant has got to be smiling from ear to ear. The Packers <laughs> running back Aaron Jones running for 118 yards and three touchdowns while the QB Jordan Love threw for three more touchdown passes in their route over the Cowboys. And uh, Glenn, uh, the Packers now head to San Francisco to take on the 49ers next week. So uh, a big upset, big win for Green Bay. Oh, they were firing on all cylinders yesterday, and the Cowboys just were not. And uh, kind of a note, Cowboys tried a bit of a comeback late enough so that uh, some of the Green Bay starters who had uh, thought they were done for the day got to go back in to, to hang on to that victory. But it really wasn't that close. And, uh, yeah. That was super interesting among, to see the the, yeah. the the starters on the sidelines. All of a sudden, they got to warm up again and get back on the field because the game got way too too close for comfort. Uh, within uh, two uh, scores uh, there at, at the tail end, um, I, I can tell you that um, Jordan Love, uh, the Packers quarterback, this guy is impressive. Uh, he he really, I, I I thought he looked really impressive against uh, my Bears uh, a couple of weeks ago, but uh, he he had it going on all cylinders uh, yesterday. Yeah, I think things are are wide open around the league uh, for the next round. Uh, you know, Forty ers of course, had a great regular season. They've been resting up, but I mean, you know, uh, Dallas was heavily favored, I think, to make a deep run into the playoffs this year, and uh, the folks very frustrated there, calling for some coaching changes as well. And, uh, you know, we could see something different by the end of the week. A few big-name coaches uh, available if they still want to be uh, in the game as well. But uh, uh, Mike McCarthy, former Super Bowl-winning Packer coach, of course, had a, a great regular season run the last three years with the Cowboys, but they're they're uh, anxious to go a little further in the postseason as well, of course. No fun against his old uh, team in in the Packers. Uh, meanwhile, uh, the Bills and the Steelers will go at it in their playoff game, which was uh, postponed because of the bad weather um, in uh, Buffalo. That game will be uh, this afternoon. All right, uh, Glenn, as always, uh, it's always fun to talk a little uh, of, of football with you. Hey, sure. And those folks in upstate New York, if you're looking for a few extra bucks, uh, the Bills folks uh, looking for fans to shovel in the stadium. It's uh, a tradition they've had going in some of the northern stadiums, including in Green Bay. But uh, if you want to go play in the snow in Buffalo a bit today, <laughs> there you go. How fun is that? All right. Thanks so much. Uh, sure thing. First things first, uh, every hour we always begin in prayer here on Morning Air. We always give thanks to our Lord for all the many blessings, keeping in mind that every single day, is a blessing. Everything comes from God, and we always pray through the intercession of the Mother of God, our Blessed Mother Mary, and we continue to pray for peace in the world. 
especially in the Middle East and in Ukraine, peace in our nation, peace in our church, and peace in our families. And on Mondays, uh, we pray for the souls in purgatory of our family and friends, our loved ones who absolutely need our prayers. In fact, we'll talk more about that coming up later this hour. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of the unborn and of relevant radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of relevant radio, pray for us. And we invoke the Holy Spirit every time we pray, come Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Our power scripture from the playbook of life this morning is from 1 Peter 3.15. Always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who calls you to account for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and reverence. As Catholics, we need to always be prepared to give a reasoned explanation for what we believe and why we believe it. There will be situations where someone asks you, why do you believe that Mary is the mother of God or that the Eucharist is the body and blood of Jesus Christ or where is purgatory in the Bible? Every Catholic dogma or doctrine is from sacred scripture or sacred tradition. The church just didn't make things up out of thin air. We need to always be ready uh, to answer with charity and with clarity, with gentleness and respect uh, from whomever challenges us about our Catholic faith. So know your faith, uh, know what scripture tradition and the catechism teaches, but always do it with respect. And we always pray with great confidence, uh, that powerful prayer from the Chapel of Divine Mercy, Jesus, I trust in you. We need to take a short pause. Uh, when we come back on the other side, our spiritual director, the baseball priest, Father Burke Masters, will be with us to continue his Be Formed series and talk about the Eucharist is communion. Stay with us as this Monday edition of Morning Air rolls on here on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app. Bringing the light of Christ to start your day. This is Morning Air. And welcome back to Morning Air on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. I'm John Morales along with Glenn and Sarah. Thanks so much uh, for uh, tuning in and joining us on this uh, relevant radio uh, station that you may be listening to all across uh, America and wherever you may be uh, via the app as well. You can always uh, send us an email directly if you have anything on your mind that you'd like to share with us. It's morningair at relevantradio.com. You can find us on social media on X, uh, formerly uh, Twitter. Our handle is at morningairshow as well as on Facebook. And our number, if you want to be part of the program, our toll-free line sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters, 888 now, during this time of Eucharistic renewal and the upcoming Eucharistic Congress, 
Eucharist in July. We cannot talk enough about the Holy Eucharist. In fact, this morning we're going to continue with our Be Formed series, and we'll focus on how the Eucharist is communion, based on the 2003 encyclical by Pope St. John Paul II called Ecclesia de Eucharistia. Joining us live is our spiritual director, Father Burke Masters, the pastor of St. Isaac Joe's Parish in Hinsdale, Illinois, uh, to uh, talk about how the Eucharist is communion. Uh, Father Burke is the author of his new book, A Grand Slam for for God, a journey from baseball to Catholic priest. He's the Chicago Cubs Catholic chaplain known as the baseball priest and a longtime morning air contributor. Good morning, Father Burke. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. It's it's great to be with you once again. I hope you're staying nice and warm. I am. It's uh, pretty chilly, but uh, in the Midwest, you know, January is going to bring days like this. So, uh, Makes us a little bit tougher, I think, doesn't it? No doubt. Well, I've got a warm thought for you. Pitchers and catchers report to spring training uh, in just about a month, uh, right around February uh, 13th through the 15th. Uh, so uh, uh, baseball is coming soon. That's a great thought. Uh, you know, there's there's always that little gap for sports fans after you know the Super Bowl and uh before baseball season starts i know if if, if you like basketball or, or hockey those will be going on but as a, a big baseball and football fan there's that uh that gap in mid to late february uh, where you're waiting for something and you know baseball just brings that idea of, of spring and, and new life to to mind for sure. Now, uh, did you get a chance to catch any of the the big uh, playoff games uh, yesterday uh, as with the Lions and the Packers uh, moving on? Yeah, the NFC Central did well yesterday. I watched both games. I, I was I was shocked by the the Dallas Green Bay game. I I really thought Dallas, you know, as Glenn was saying, was going to make a deep run into the playoffs, and once again, it seems like they they came up short. I'm a big Dak Prescott fan because he went to Mississippi State by my alma mater, but they were just not firing, and and Green Bay was. And Green Bay is a team to look out for because they're young, they really don't know better to be nervous, I think, and they just seem to be getting better week by week. And I think San Francisco may have their hands full, which I wouldn't have thought a few weeks ago that Green Bay would have a chance against San Francisco. Well, that Jordan Love, uh, the uh, Packers QB, uh, was quite impressive yesterday. Uh, it, he did not look like a guy in his first year as a starting quarterback. Not at all. He looked like a, a veteran. And they have so many, as they were saying, I think eight first and second year players that are key contributors, and, and they were all playing well. So I was impressed. I'm a big Eagles fan, you know, so we played tonight. But uh, the way the Eagles have been playing the last six weeks, I, I'd be surprised if we we win one game. You know. Well, you know, it, it, it you got to play the game on the field. You know, it's not what the pundits and the sports reporters uh, think. Uh, you still have to play the, the games on the field, and obviously, uh, what we saw this weekend uh, was uh, an example of that. All right, uh, F- Father Burke, uh, let's uh, let's talk about uh, the uh, the the church. Uh, as uh, as communion, the the Eucharist uh, is communion, as uh, based on the teachings of, of Pope Saint John Paul II. Yeah, so to get to the the part about <laughs> excuse me the the Eucharist being communion, we begin with the Church's communion. So 
Vatican II really emphasized that fact that uh, the nature of the Church is communion. Uh, it fosters uh, our communion with God, and it fosters our communion with one another, which makes sense because, you know, Scripture says over and over again, you know, love the Lord your God with your whole heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so the Church fosters those two relationships, and then the Eucharist is is one of the best ways that Jesus you know, left us to say, this is a way to be one with God, but also in, in communion with one another. That's why one of the names of the Eucharist is, is Holy Communion. So as you're going forward for communion, always be thinking about these two different relationships. This is meant to bring, bring union between, uh, between God and me, and this union between you know, my neighbor and myself. And so uh, that's why Scripture also says, if I have something against my, my brother, leave my gift at the altar, go reconcile, and then come back to the altar. Um, you know, if we have serious sin, receiving communion is, you know, it's, it's almost a lie because I'm saying I'm in communion with God and my neighbor, but I'm really not. And so that's why there's a strong tie between the sacrament of reconciliation and the Eucharist. And uh, everything that Jesus does uh, brings us into to communion. In fact, if we look back uh, uh, through salvation history, we see evidence of this. We do. Going all the way back to Adam and Eve, you know, in the Garden of Eden, they were created in perfect communion with God. And then, of course, through the fall, that brought separation. They hid from God. And uh, But communion has got it. Communion with God is deeper than that rupture of sin. So if we look at, you know, all of Scripture, we see the 12 tribes of Israel and how they were scattered throughout the world. And Jesus's uh, goal was to bring everybody back. He says, you know, I, I came so that you might be one. So he's always trying to kind of reconstitute the 12 tribes of Israel, not literally those 12 tribes, but really people from all over the world to bring them back together one in Christ. And so the goal of the devil is to divide and conquer, to separate, to scatter. And the goal of God is to bring back together into one. So another thing we can look at in our own lives is, you know, where do I see separation, division, scattering? And where do I see communion? Am I an agent of of division or am I an agent of communion? Those are important questions for us to to consider because where you see communion and union, the Holy Spirit's at work, where you see division and scattering, the enemy is trying to, to work in our lives. And uh, when we see some of these uh, stories of healing in, in the Gospels, uh, we see uh, the the connection to the entire Godhead, the, the, the Holy Trinity, uh, when Jesus is, is healing. Yes, the kind of the goal of the spiritual life is union with with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And uh, I've been involved in the healing ministry through the John Paul Healing Center with uh, Dr. Bob Schutz and Sister Miriam James. I never thought I'd be in healing ministry. And it's one of the most beautiful parts of the ministry that I'm in. And really what they teach is healing happens in communion. So the more that we focus on living in grace and living in communion with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that's where healing takes place. It's God who heals. 
And so we don't heal ourselves. You know, we can, we can go to any guru that we want to in the world, but it's really God who heals. And, and so we need to focus on, you know, if we have, and we all have deep wounds from our, or maybe not so deep, everybody has a different story, but we all have wounds. And the goal of, of God is to heal and to make us whole and one with him. And so instead of trying to search for the wounds in our lives and heal them ourselves, which we can't do, uh, what we should do is to seek union and communion with God, and he starts to heal us from the inside out. And you talk about uh, union and communion with God. Uh, there is no better way than the Holy Eucharist, uh, Jesus himself, body, blood, soul, and divinity. Uh, can you talk about this relationship between uh, the, the Holy Eucharist and communion? Yes, so um, one of the most common names we give the Eucharist is Holy Communion. And so in this, in this uh, document, Ecclesia de Eucharistia from St. John Paul II, he dedicates his fourth chapter to uh, this relationship between the Eucharist and communion, uh, Eucharist and communion with God and among the faithful. And one of the things that really strikes me in this, in this document and in this chapter he says, the measure of the depth of our faith is naturally the strength of our desire to receive Holy Communion. I'm going to say that again, and it's, it's important for us to reflect on this. The measure of the depth of our faith is naturally the strength of our desire to receive Holy Communion. So what he's saying there is, if I believe that Jesus is present in the Eucharist, and we say body, blood, soul, and divinity, if we really believe that, if we have faith, we're going to desire that Holy Communion more than anything. I always say, you know, we, we talk about sports at the beginning, and it's amazing how early someone will get up to go golfing or to to go out, you know, for the tailgate before a big football game, spend all day in the cold, you know, paint their faces and go crazy. Uh, you know, they'll spend the whole day out there, and yet going to church even, you know, at noon, it's hard to get up for that mass. And I think, you know, it's, it's no, it's not a knock on that person. It's just that maybe they haven't been taught the beauty of who Jesus is in the Eucharist. If we really believe that Jesus is going to show up at every mass and he does, <laughs> I believe that our church would be overflowing with people. That's why I think it's brilliant that the U S bishops are, during this Eucharistic revival, it's, if, if we help people understand and believe that Jesus is going to show up at every Mass, you know, we would be there. So the measure of the depth of our faith is naturally the strength of our desire to receive Holy Communion. Such a great point. Uh, you know, you get a hundred thousand people in a in a football stadium when it's you know bone chilling, cold. They're making a sacrifice because of what they love. We need to have that same kind of love and passion for our Lord Jesus Christ, truly present in the Holy Eucharist. Which means on days like yesterday, even though it's really really cold, you you suck it up and you find a way to get to church to, uh, to get the mass, uh, no matter what it takes. Yes. It- it's what uh, centers our lives. I, I was so struck uh, last week after mass, I was talking with a couple of young adults and the young man I had, I hadn't seen there in a long time. And, and I said, you know, you know, welcome back. 
And I, I said, what brought you back today? And he said, I realized that I was missing God. I was missing an important piece of my life. And this young lady, it was so profound. She said, God created us with an order in mind. And when we take God out of the equation, it's going to cause disorder and chaos. And he totally agreed with that. And I think she was on to something really important. That's why, you know, God created us. He knows, just like parents, you know what your children need, what's best for them. How much more does God know what we need? And one of the things we need is to be in communion with him. And one of the greatest ways that we can do that is through receiving, receiving the Holy Eucharist, which we can't do watching on TV. <laughs> you know, it's, I always say the, the live stream masses are better than nothing, but they're nowhere near the real thing of receiving Jesus, body, blood, soul, and divinity. There is no 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 doubt uh, about that one, and I think that if we focus uh, and really meditate on Matthew six thirty three, seek first the kingdom of God, and all other things will be added unto you. Make Jesus the number one priority. The, of course, the Holy Eucharist, which is Jesus, number one. I think everything else uh, falls into place, Father. Amen. I think if uh, if we plan our day around the Eucharist, you know. I can't stress enough the importance of Holy Mass, not just on Sunday, but if you can. And in, I know in most places in this country, Mass is readily available. You know, there might be different churches with different Mass times. If you seek first the kingdom of God and, and try to make the Eucharist the center by going to Mass, maybe adoration, your life will start to find this order that wasn't there prior to it. And when I was vocation director working with young men, being called to the priesthood, almost all of them would say, I started to go to daily mass and adoration, and I started to feel this this union with God. Father Burke, I, I can share with you, I've had the blessing of going to daily mass uh, since the mid-90s, uh, back in my uh, Detroit Fox 2 days, and it's it's I look at it as a gift. It's become a part of my, my life, and as soon as this show is over, I'm off into the cold <laughs> to go to daily mass. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we have to just make it important, and, and if we do, there's so many graces, so many blessings that come from uh, receiving the Eucharist more than just only on Sunday. Amen. And I don't want to make people feel guilty if they're not able to go to daily mass. I just want to encourage people to say uh, this could be a real game changer in your life. And uh, the people that I know that go to daily mass, they just seem to have this sense of peace and, and order in their lives because they're seeking first the kingdom of God above all other things. Well, Father Burke, uh, there's much more for us uh, to talk about uh, when it comes uh, to uh, the uh, the Church and uh, the Eucharist as a communion, and we'll have to continue our, our uh, conversation for, for next time. But thanks so, so much for being with us. You're welcome. God bless you and, and all your listeners today. Many blessings uh, to you. Father Burke Masters, the baseball priest and longtime Morning Air contributor. We need to take uh, a short pause when we come back on the other side. Catholic speaker, podcaster, and faith coach Kendra Von Esch uh, will join us to discuss the souls in purgatory and how we can help them and how they can help us. Stay with us. We're headed down the stretch on this Monday edition of Morning Air here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Wake up, America. It's Morning Air with John Morales, Sarah Tafoya, and Glenn Leverance. Your home for faith, fun, and news in the morning. She's got the news. 
Welcome back to Morning Air on this Martin Luther King Jr. Day. I'm John Morales along with Glenn and Sarah. Thanks so much for joining us on this Monday here on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app. You can email us directly. It's morningair at relevantradio.com. Our toll-free line, if you want to be part of the program, is 888-914-9149, sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters. And, uh, of course, you can find us on social media as well, on X, formerly Twitter, our handle, at Morning Air Show, as well as on Facebook. Now, how often do you think about the soul's in purgatory. Perhaps they don't come to our minds as often as they should, or perhaps someone hasn't experienced the passing of a a close family member or a loved one. But it's true that the souls in purgatory do need our prayers, and perhaps uh, we also uh, get something out of of those prayers. In fact, every Monday, I always take a moment to remind you to pray for our loved ones uh, who are in purgatory. Joining us live uh, this morning is Morning Air regular contributor Kendra Von Esch uh, to uh, talk about uh, the souls in purgatory and how we can help them and how they can help us. Kendra is a speaker, faith coach, and podcaster who's passionate about sharing her faith, her supernatural transformation, and spiritual experiences while helping others on their journey as well. She's also the author of Am I Catholic? A Struggle with Faith, Humility, and Surrendering to God. Good morning, Kendra. Thanks so much for being with us here this morning. Uh, I hope you're staying war- warm wherever you may be. You know, we were down in Tennessee, and my husband and I said, we're going to stay an extra day. So we did not drive back in this snowstorm. And we had wonderful neighbors who plowed us out. So we just pulled into our driveway. And yes, we are staying warm. Thank you. (laughs) How are you? I'm doing fine. You know, before we get into our discussion on purgatory, I just first of all wanted to share my my condolences uh, uh, on behalf of myself, my family, and our Morning Air team on the recent passing of uh, of your dad. Oh, thank you, John. Yeah, it was tough. Christmas Day is not an easy day to lose a loved one. But I heard from many, many priests and many lay people as well that that is such a blessing to pass on Christmas. So even my non-practicing Catholic family have all looked at this as a true blessing that we're going to look at, at Christmas in a whole new light, even more, you know, emotional and focused on family and Jesus and dad in heaven because he did take the, or did ask for a priest and had the uh, last rites, or as we call the anointing of the sick, the apostolic pardon and a beautiful confession. But then guess what, John? I started thinking, well, he lived for an extra like month after he had that visit from the priest. And I don't know, maybe he had attachments or maybe he was angry with nurses or doctors. So I thought, well, gosh, maybe he isn't already up in heaven. Maybe he's in purgatory. And that's what started this insane research on purgatory. And, you know, you said some of us may not really pray for the souls in purgatory. I'm going to tell everyone that that was kind of me because in my life I didn't have direct family members pass. For a time on my journey, I did pray the St. Gertrude prayer that's supposed to release a thousand souls in purgatory, or at least that's what God told St. Gertrude. I don't know if I pray it, a thousand souls will be released, but in the end, I did have a phase where I was focused on the people in purgatory. But 
when my dad passed, I really wanted to learn more about it and how amazing purgatory is, how biblical it is, and how we can pray for them because they can't pray for themselves. But I think that they can also intercede for us. There's a little bit of debate on that in the church, but purgatory, purgatory is such an amazing place. And thank God for the church that gave us this beautiful teaching. Well, uh, Kendra, I uh, I can definitely... Uh you know, share your feelings uh, that, that you have for the passing of, of your uh, your dad and your desire to to pray for him and to learn as much as you can about a purgatory. I went through a similar experience years ago. My father passed away back in 2005 uh, during my first uh, uh, round with uh, with Morning Air and Relevant Radio. And, uh, you know, it, oh. it, it, it's something you, you never forget. Um, you know, I, I was with him right down to the last moment uh, as he passed passed away praying the Chapel of Divine Mercy with an actual relic that was uh, given to me of St. Faustina, of an actual bone of St. Faustina. And so I have great faith and confidence in the promises uh, that our Lord Jesus made to St. Faustina of the the infinite ocean of mercy of God. And, and there hasn't been a day since he passed away that I haven't prayed for his soul because I really was worried about his soul. And uh, you know, to this day, it is the first thing I pray for uh, in Mass every single day to pray for my father, that one day he will be in paradise when our Lord is uh, all done getting them all cleaned up. And uh, that is something I wanted to share with you here this morning, because um, I think that when we do have loved ones that pass away, uh, the the uh, the idea of, of purgatory really uh, is, is real. Ah, and, it's, and it should be a peace for people, especially those of us who are practicing Catholics, when someone who dies and isn't practicing. So that should really be a beautiful, you know, thing that we can think about. Okay, while they're not in heaven, they're saved. So that's gonna, it may take a while. I mean, as I was reading, I read that, of course, it's not in space and time. It's more of a state of being. But in the end, if we had to look at how many years or what time would be, the year 40 years was what I had seen out there in purgatory. And that, of course, depends on all the sins that you have on your soul, right? It could be even longer, but think about that, that agony, because as you said, St. Faustina talked to um, her sister, another nun who passed away. Now think about it, John, a nun is in purgatory. What are, what's, what are we? <laughs> you know, we're in a lot of uh, pain if a nun is down there. I'm joking. But anyway, um, I'm thinking about a nun being down there and she came to St. Faustina and she was in flames and her countenance on her face, she was in agony and she was totally suffering. And then when she returned to St. Faustina again in another vision, she had joy in her eyes and her face was all bright and joyful and she knew that she was going to be in heaven soon. So it's just a matter of continuously praying. And you know what, John? Your dad, based on all of those prayers every single day, by the way, offering masses for souls is also another beautiful thing that we can do in addition to praying. Um, he may already be up in heaven. And so if you keep praying for your father and your father's up in heaven, God does the beautiful thing and just passes that prayer down to the other souls in purgatory. So I don't know. I know that I'm going to be in purgatory. I pray that I'm going to be in purgatory. Of course, as I can quote Father Mark Beard, who passed not too recently, uh, last summer, I think, he, he also was 
sharing all about purgatory and said, shoot for heaven because it's a hell of a long fall from there if <laughs> you don't make purgatory. A lot of people say, oh, I'm just trying to get into purgatory. So we really need to try to get into heaven for our own sakes. That's a, that's a great perspective. I want to invite our listeners, uh, if you want to be part of our discussion, we're talking about uh, uh, the mercy of God and purgatory. Uh, do you pray for the souls of your family and friends uh, that could be in purgatory? Uh, if you want to get in, we only have a few uh, minutes uh, to uh, talk about this uh, with Catholic uh, speaker and author and faith coach uh, Kendra Von Esch at 888-914-9149. You know, uh, the book of Revelation in uh, chapter 21, uh, verse 27 says, nothing unclean shall enter heaven. And so I like to think about it, uh, Kendra, as, as kind of like, you know, you wouldn't, you know, eat on a nice, uh, fancy uh, dinner at, at, at the dining room table with dirty hands or a, a, a dirty body. You, you want to make sure you're taking a nice shower and you're nice and clean uh, for dinner. Well, it's the wedding feast of the Lamb that we're entering into in heaven, and we want to make sure that we're totally, totally clean. And that's what purgatory is doing. It is cl- cleaning them up, cleaning us up uh, to get ready for to be with our Lord. Amen on that. And, you know, for those who, because we don't have much time, for those who are wanting to know more Bible verses and proofs, join my YouTube channel. It's free. I want this purgatory series to get out to everybody. Um, I review the Old Testament and the New Testament, and you are so right. No one can get into heaven without being purified. And again, it's God's grace. may take some time, depending on where we're at, but if we continue to pray, we will... <laughs> know in the back of our minds the story of St. Faustina and her friend, the nun, who came to her and was progressing up the levels of purgatory. And that's another thing that we'll talk about on the series too. But in the end, it is just such a beautiful grace from God. Because if you think about it, if only perfection went into heaven, how many people would really be up there? Absolutely. Uh, and and we know that uh, not everybody gets in. Uh, our Lord himself said that the, the road is narrow. And and so uh, we we keep in mind that, you know, the church just didn't pull this teaching of purgatory out, out of thin air. Uh, it, it is very clear in 2 Maccabees 1244, uh, uh, those verses. And again, we don't have time to get into all the different verses, uh, but they, they talk about, you know, praying for the dead. And this was being done by the Jewish people in the Old Testament. And in the New Testament, uh, we, we, we see St. Paul in 1 Corinthians 315, if any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Again, that illusion of uh, all of our sins are being burned up and cleansed up as, as we get ready for uh, heaven. How about this one? Philippians 2.10. Every knee bends to Jesus in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, which is the realm of the righteous dead, or purgatory. So, I mean, there's so many proofs that it is amazing. And there's another resource that I want to tell people. I don't know who created this uh, website, but it's beautiful. It's scripturecatholic.com. And it goes into a bunch of teachings that can help you be an apologetic. Of course, we've got Patrick Madrid, who helps all of us on this channel. But you've got other resources that are out there that you may want to read and take notes and 
There you go. It's there on the website, scripturecatholic.com. And I just implore, I mean, I, I beg everyone because I want people everywhere to be praying to, for the souls in purgatory because quite honestly, I truly believe that most of us will end up there. <laughs> I want as many people as possible to know about the beauty of praying people to heaven. Well, Kendra, I really uh, appreciate you being with us, and uh, we will uh, continue uh, uh, to pray for uh, your your dad. Uh, and uh, we're with you 100%. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. God bless you and all the audience. Pray for the people in purgatory. Morning Air contributor Kendra Von Esch. And now it's time for a special Martin Luther King Jr. edition of Glenn's Story Quarter. As we often do on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, we've got the words of the Reverend himself. So even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the Red Hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day down in Alabama with its vicious racists, with its governor having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification. One day right there in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. dream that one day every valley shall be exalted and every hill and mountain shall be made low the rough places will be made plain and the crooked places will be made straight and the glory of the lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together this is our hope this is a faith that i go back to the south with with this faith we will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope with this faith, yes. 
we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. This will be the day, this will be the day when all of God's children will be able to sing with new meaning, my country tears of thee. Sweet land of liberty of thee I sing. Land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride. From every mountainside, let freedom ring. And if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. And so let freedom ring. From the prodigious hilltops of New Hampshire, let freedom ring. From the mighty mountains of New York, let freedom ring. From the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania, let freedom ring from the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the curvaceous slopes of California. But not only that, let freedom ring from Stone Mountain of Georgia. Let freedom ring from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and mole hill of Mississippi, from every mountainside. Let freedom ring, and when this happens, and when we allow freedom ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, we are free at last. So moving. Our thanks to Glenn for this special story corner and those powerful words of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Join uh, Father Rocky and Maggie for the Family Rosary Across America with all your prayers and petitions live at 7 p.m. Central tonight and every night of the week. You can pray and watch it on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. That'll do it for this Monday, January 15th, 2024 edition of Morning Air for Glenn Leverance, producer Sarah Tafoya, Gabby Burke, Young Thomas, and our entire Morning Air team. I'm John Morales. Thanks so much for joining us. Let your light shine before all. God bless America. We'll see you tomorrow on the next uh, Morning Air. Let freedom ring in the words of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. The Patrick Madrid Show is straight ahead.